this past week, we were reminded of how difficult life is, how news can remind us that the world is a dark and terrible place at times. On Monday, uh, I learned, and it might not have been until Tuesday I actually learned it, but we learned that someone had gone into a school and there was another school shooting and that six lives were lost, three young people and three adults were lost. The report that I had heard, I think I must have heard on the radio, and I heard that it was a woman who had entered the school, uh, shot their way in, and then proceeded uh, to inflict the terror on others. I was then, I later learned that it was uh, a person who was transgender, and then that made a little bit more sense to me because I don't believe there have been too many mass shootings that were perpetrated by uh, females, but it seems to be uh, something associated with the, the male gender that they want to uh, rage, rampage on others. And for somehow, for some reason in our day and age, it seems like they want to be known for that and look at it as a great challenge to do the worst chaos, the cause the greatest death that they possibly can. So that happened on Monday. And I think most of us respond just as everybody responds um, with some anger and with sadness and perhaps some confusion because we just shake our head and we want to know why. And so then the Intrigue begins and the stories develop and everybody wants to know about the past and why did this happen? Well, for me, it reminded me that a few days earlier I had seen a different story. And this story I just highlighted with the, in the outline from a, the New York Post headline, headline that says, Trans flight attendant famed for airline ad dies by suicide. Suicide's such a terrible thing. And the connection between these is the transgender that is taking place. Um, and that, that flight attendant had been in a commercial years earlier, and the flight attendant was saying how happy they were over having been um, accepted by the company who now embraces transgender and has a lot of inclusiveness and, uh, you know, what all went along with that. But it was interesting, the ad portrays this very happy person, and then it's such a tragedy to consider that years later that that person uh, commits suicide, takes their own life. It's so sad. And we shake our head and we want to know why. We're saddened by any kind of loss of life. We're saddened by uh, suicide, by murders. It's just a tragedy that life can be so, become so difficult that people would be led to do these sorts of things. 
John 3, verses 16 through 19. It says there, For God so loved the world. Notice the inclusiveness of that statement. God so loves every single soul. Everyone in the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge or condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. He who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the, only, in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This is the judgment that light has come into the world and men loved the darkness rather than the light for their deeds were evil. As I think about those words from John recorded there, the words of Christ, we're saddened, it reminds us, we're saddened by the fact that there are people who have lost their lives, that they have not gained eternal life in their life, believed in the name of Jesus and gained life, but then were led to commit such atrocity or take their own life. By not believing in Christ and accepting him and having life in him, they have judged themselves already. Their souls are lost. Jesus loves them. We love them. We're saddened at such tragedy. We're reminded of the greatest tragedy that they not only have died, but they have died without Christ. They are condemned. Go to Ephesians chapter 2. I'm going to read verses 1 through 10 of chapter 2. And in a uh, very shortened summary, I want us to gain this picture and this understanding. And that is that without Christ, everyone, all, are dead in their sins. Including us. Without Christ, we would be dead in our sins and trespasses. And only Jesus can save us. And give us a good life. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them we too all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, Indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, 
and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Life is difficult. Life is tough. Life is filled with disappointments and heartaches and tragedies and terrible, dark things. But for those of us who are in Christ, we have the opportunity every Sunday to come and we gather around a table. We partake of these emblems that remind us of Jesus. And we have this great chance to remember that in Him we've been saved. In Him, everything's okay. In Him, though the world around us is as bad and dark and ugly as can be, we remember that in Christ, we have hope. And so as we think about the tragedies that people go through or perpetrate, how dark people can become and how they can turn from God, we realize that as we ask why, why do these things happen? Why are there school shootings? Why do, do people get so lost that they think there is no hope? And the fact is that without God, there is no hope. Without Christ, we're all lost. But with Christ, we're reminded every Sunday that he takes care of us. Every time we gather around the table, we find some hope. But without Christ, without God, without being in him, there is no hope. So no matter what the tragedy, what the sin, whatever evil is out there, we know that the reason why is because people are without God. Look at the next verses, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. Therefore remember that formerly you... The Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by the so-called circumcision, which is performed in the flesh by human hands. Remember that you were at that time separate from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, 
and strangers of the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. And this is in terms of the, you know, the Jews, they had the promises that were given. They had the covenant. They had the law of Moses. They had the prophets. They could read the Psalms. They knew God. They had promises from God. But the Gentiles were without those things. The Gentiles were strangers to the covenants. The very tail end of verse 12. Strangers to the covenants of promise. They didn't have any promises from God. And so since they didn't have promises from God, they were having no hope and without God in the world. Can you imagine your life without God? Can we, as we sit here today and we gather around table and we give thanks for what Jesus has done for us, can we have a moment to remember that there was a time or there could have been a time, some of us grow up in the church, maybe we've always been saved, always known Him. But for most of us, we can remember a time of rebellion and we can identify with this. Can we remember that there was a time that we were separate from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world? Do you remember a time in your life when you felt lost, when you were without hope? That's what it's like for all of those who are not gathered here with us today. They're out in the world. They're without Christ. They have no hope. They're without God. In the life without God, some people seem to handle it well. Some people kind of go off the rails, as we say. And do terrible things, take the lives of others, try and change their own lives, rebel against who God has created them to be. And I think that's part of the problem. I am not going to pretend that this is like the school shooting was a transgender issue. That's not what I am implying, but I related those two stories because it's, it's clear that anyone who is transgender is confused over who God has created them to be. And that's the beginning of a great difficulty in life. We were created by God to be in the very image of God. And we're always going to fail at that until we turn to Christ. And we find God's truth and seek to do things God's way. Without God, when we turn from God, we are without hope. So it shouldn't surprise us when anyone who is not a Christian, not a believer in Christ, would do anything tragic or sinful. It's not a surprise. We really don't need to ask the question, well, why, and wring our, our 
hands out and say, I wonder what's going on. It doesn't make sense. No, it makes sense. Without God, people are without hope. Without the promises of God, they are lost. They are not enlightened. So in the outline there I have that we must remember that without God, people have no hope. Let us have compassion for the lost. Let us share with them the truth of Jesus. God was kind to share the truth of Christ with us, so let us be so kind and share that truth with others. I like this passage we have referenced here in Hebrews. I'd ask you to turn there in Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 12 through 14. And I, I do, I, this is an interesting passage. I think it is primarily focused on speaking to the church where we're supposed to help us, help one another in the church and strengthen each other. But there's also this language in here that's going to say, pursue peace with all men. So I think it applies to us in a great way too. So verse 12, therefore strengthen the hands that are weak and the knees that are feeble and make straight paths for your feet so that the limb which is lame may be put out, may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Pursue peace with all men and the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. So we've got to have peace with everyone as much as possible. That's part of what sanctifies us, makes us holy. That's what sets us apart from others, is that we seek peace with all men. And as we seek peace with others, wholeness, relationships with others that are good and pure and right, we should help strengthen them and teach them so that, as it says, so that somebody who is lame, they might not have their lameness made worse that their leg or their joint would be put out of place but rather they would be healed and we as the church God's people those who know Jesus have been enlightened by him and have a wonderful opportunity to come every Sunday and remember that in him everything is okay we have a responsibility to share with others and invite them to this same joy that we have Let us show kindness to others. Let us strengthen them. Let us teach them. When it comes to transgender and the whole agenda that's taking place and everybody's trying to be made, be forced to accept that ideology, when you tell people anything that is different from the truth, you are not helping them. I would say that from a very uh, non-religious way, that if somebody is a boy and you tell them when they think, they say, I think I'm a girl, when you tell them, oh, then you are a girl, you are not helping that person at all. You are not leading them to the truth and help them to develop a very real outlook of what life is. You're not helping any kind of emotional issues that they're suffering. So I encourage us then to apply that same principle to us as Christians. 
and realize that when we see others who are walking outside of the truth and they don't know Christ and they're without hope, we should have mercy and grace. Because if you're like me, and I've heard Georgia Deaton say this so many times, Eric, I just don't know how people get along without Christ. I don't know how they do it without Jesus. And I'm like, I don't get it either. I'm amazed there aren't more suicides. Because I know, for me, there are days that just, uh, you feel like there's no joy in them. How do people get along when they don't have what we have? It's tough, it's difficult. But we have Christ and we have the truth. And He is there with us. He's our good shepherd who helps us through this life. The passage that was read at the at the opening first uh, at, at the in the opening scripture and prayer. As you look at John chapter one, you look at John chapter one verses nine through thirteen, and you see the wonderful truth of who Jesus is. That He is the true light. There was the true light which is coming into the world. John one nine. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. You know, this wonder that Jesus came and he shines the light into the darkness... And he's, we talked last Sunday about not recognizing Jesus. Sometimes it's just hard to see him. Hard to understand the light. But Jesus is the true light. He is the one who enlightens everyone. He is the only way to have the light in your life. All those who are without Christ are in the dark. They are without God and without hope in the world. They are without. So logically, if there aren't Christians to take forth the word and share the truth with others, people will remain in the dark. People will continue to be without hope. People will continue to make bad choices instead of following the right way. They will go the wrong way. And many of them will commit great atrocities. And many of them will take their own lives. And it should sadden us. But let us not just shake our heads and ask why. Let us instead say, I am going to share the truth with others. Life is so tough. We should want to share the truth to help people through this life. Let us have compassion on all those without God and without hope. Let us love them and lead them to the good shepherd who will watch over their souls. The one who can give them peace and hope, the one who can enlighten them and 
even in the midst of a dangerous and scary world, they would have the opportunity every day, and particularly on Sundays, to remember that Jesus is in control. And Jesus is the good shepherd who will take care of them, even by giving us own life. So brothers and sisters, let us answer to the call and realize that those, and have compassion on those who are leading lives without God. And if there is anybody here today who is not in Christ, you haven't said yes to him, called upon him, it's more than saying yes, it's just it's pleading with him and begging, to, begging him to come into your life, calling upon him, Lord, save me. You're ready to repent of your sins and ready to live a life in Christ and give your life to him in, in baptism, be immersed into Christ. Today is the day. We invite you to come from the darkness into the light. If you need to respond at all to this invitation, please come as we stand together and sing.